promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Actions speak louder than words. That's a notable expression from Abraham Lincoln, circa 1856, and it still rings true today. Now, it's one thing to want to do good, and we go to a whole new level when we act on those ideas and actually do good deeds. This week, we feature two leaders of dynamic organizations who not only talk about helping others and the community overall, but who are also taking action, serving others through projects that make a true difference. First up is our profile of an organization that is best described not only as a think tank, but as a do tank. The Sattel Institute, located in Malvern, Pennsylvania, is focused on corporate social responsibility and providing a gateway for leaders to take action. As a nonpartisan, nonprofit operating foundation, their goal is straightforward increase the number of companies committed to long term investments in nonprofits. Ed Sattel, CEO and founder of Progressive Business Publications, a business enterprise with a track record of success over the past several decades, well, he's the visionary behind the Sattel Institute. An innovative and respected business entrepreneur for more than 50 years, Ed strongly believes that it's the business community's responsibility to lead the way in making our communities the best they can be. Now, measuring success in this space can be challenging. And here, Ed explains the connection between successful businesses and the communities where they operate. Well, remember, business is the dominant industry in town. Right. And how can business do better if they've got poverty and they don't have talent? It's in their self-interest to go ahead and have less poverty and more talent come into the area. The way we measure the success of a city are more people of talent moving in or are more people of talent moving out. Right. If more people of talent are moving in, we're going to have an aspirational city. We're going to have more things happening, and all elements of the city will do better. Right. If we have more people of talent moving out, you're going to have a city that's in more of a depression, less things happening, and less attractive to people of talent. Right. And I know this is an area that is kind of special for greater Philadelphia right now, and especially for the city, that millennials are moving here at a higher rate than other major cities around the the country. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, that's a wonderful situation. Yeah. That young people, millennials, are choosing this city over others, and we've become probably the number one city in the country attracting millennials. That's right. And if you ask them, why are they here? What makes them come to Philadelphia? And they say, because there's so much to do. Right. Well, they're finding so much to do from the nonprofits, whether it's Little League activity, whether it's Boy Scouts, whether it's Girl Scouts, whether it's sports, whether it's theater, whether it's plays, that there's so much to do that in their times, and that is what they look forward to. Yeah, for sure. For so, themselves and their children. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, folks, it's think we, not just me. That's what gets our guest up every morning. And our guest is Ed Sattel. And, Ed, we've talked a little bit about um, 
how corporate social responsibility, CSR, can benefit communities like the city of Philadelphia and, and others as well in the greater Philadelphia region and, frankly, around the country and around the world. But how does CSR also benefit companies? Well, companies are the biggest beneficiaries of corporate social responsibility. Hmm. If you have more people of talent moving in, that's good for companies. If you have more people of success moving in, that's good for companies. If you make the city more attractive to people, that's good for business. On the other hand, if cities are less attractive, not attractive for their children, they'll have fewer people, and that's not good for business. Right. And I take that a step further. I know that employees want to get involved. They're looking for engagement in their community, and they often do it through their company. And they want their company to create this infrastructure, this environment that makes it easy for them to volunteer and benefit the community overall based on their company's engagement. Well, that's a great point. There are a few things to talk about on that. First of all, for young people, greed is out, and living in good communities that are responsible communities is in. And people want to work for companies that care about the communities. After all, it's their children. It's their grandchildren. Right. And they want to know that businesses support these kinds of activities and help make it a better city. And it's a round world. It helps companies. It helps people. And uh, that's what makes a better city. Absolutely. And Ed, I know you're passionate about this, so passionate that you've created an institute called the Satel Institute. Tell us about that Endeavor And what's the mission of the Satel Institute? Well, the mission is corporate social responsibility and has two parts. Mm-hmm. We have a think tank, and that is a research activity to go ahead and how do you make cities better? How do you make corporate social responsibility better? How do you do better for all your citizens? And we have scholars from around the world who participate in this. And we have founding university affiliates with the University of Pennsylvania and the University of Connecticut. And this was of academic interest to them. They wanted to participate in this, and they saw us as a unique contributor to this. The second part is a do tank. And the do tank is one that that companies agree to go ahead and support a nonprofit of their choice with a minimum of 25,000 a year for four years. Hmm. In order to be a member of us, companies must contribute to the community. And they choose which nonprofit they want to contribute to. And we get the rainbow effect with lots of companies. They all choose different ones. Gotcha. And you bring them together. We bring them together with the nonprofit so the two of them work hand in hand because nonprofits represent the quality of life, where business represents the quantity of life. Business produces the jobs, they produce the wealth. But nonprofits are problem solvers. They represent it's the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. How do you develop young people? They may want to go on to, to Little League. Right. They may have dyslexia problems. There's a mission. There's a nonprofit mission for everything. Right. And the most important nonprofit of them all is the one your family needs. Right. The one your family is, gets the benefit of. Sure. And these are important. That's a great way to look at it. Because it's what is most close to that community, to that family that means the most, that's making a difference in their lives that they bring a passion to. Yes. And most families, if you have three children or four children or two children, if you ask them, are your two kids the same? They'll say, oh, my gosh, they're very different. And what that means is they have different needs. Mm -hmm. And we are a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization who fosters Going ahead, the greater good. Right. And that's the focus. It's the greater good. And I really appreciate that. And we define the greater good as as making the communities better. And the 
the judgment of that is made by people deciding to move into the community or moving out of the community. Right. We're not into control. We're into achievement. Right. That's a good way to put it. And I will come back and say I really appreciated the nuance that you referenced that there are two parts of the Satel Institute, a think tank and a do tank. That's a really compelling way to position your mission. Well, I think that's right. And we're unique in that way. Right. There are think tanks in the world, but they're not doers, they're thinkers. That's right. And there are doers in the world, but they're not so much thinkers. Yeah. We have two areas of this, and we work with them both together, bringing the top scholars and the top pragmatists Mm -hmm. uh, to their thinking to issues. And we also go ahead and do the doers. That is, the company's contributing, and they must contribute a minimum of $25,000 a year mm-hmm. for four years to a nonprofit to give them stability. Now, we have many companies that do this for two nonprofits, three nonprofits, four nonprofits. Right. And when they do that, 100% of the money goes to the nonprofit. We don't charge any fees, and we don't charge any dues. Right. Our expenses are paid for our endowment. We have an endowment to go ahead and uh, handle our costs, and we take care of that. And that allows companies to become members without charge, get the benefits of the think tank, the benefits of the do tank, right. and part of the benefits of the do tank, bring together CEOs so they can have idea exchange, how they do it better, how to be more effective in what you're doing. Many of my uh, not-for-profit colleagues are here tonight, and the one thing I can tell you that consistently With the four-year funding, we now get to focus on impact instead of dollars because through this four-year process, we really do get to understand what we need to do, how we need to do it, and don't have to worry about constantly worrying year to year where that next tranche of dollars is coming from. That's Shabon Reardon, who leads the Free Library of Philadelphia, sharing insights at the Institute's Spring 2018 CEO Conference. Shabon explains that thanks to the vision and engagement of the Satel Institute, they and other nonprofit leaders can focus more on impact and less on fundraising. Now, when companies engaged with the Satel Institute, they agree to make a four-year commitment to the nonprofit of their choice, such as the Free Library of Philadelphia. So as we were talking about it, you know, there's the think tank and the do tank. There's something to be said for thinking about new ideas and coming up with kind of plans and theories and, and crafting a, an approach. But it's a whole nother ball game with the do tank. And for folks to actually step up and make something happen is a really distinguishing characteristic of the Institute. And I'd love if you could to dive in a little bit to some of the member companies in and around the greater Philadelphia region that are embracing this opportunity to be part of the Satel Institute and become doers. Well, thanks, Matt. Yes, companies are embracing it. And it started slow, but now more and more companies and more and more of the bigger companies are going ahead and embracing it. Philadelphia has historically been a city of think me, not we. Right. They do chest pounding about it. But when you have we instead of me, you can do much more together and accomplish much more together than you can by yourself. So even Influence Bank of America, they've become a member. Citizens Bank, they've become a member. Right. Comcast, they've become a member. UGI, they've become a member. JP Morgan, they've become a member. Pico, they've become a member. Large companies, mid-sized companies, 
all coming together to share ideas and how can we make this community a better one for the greater good. Yeah, you've really um, tapped into something that clearly business leaders, academic leaders, civic leaders are seeing the value in coming together under the Sattel Institute umbrella to, to be part of this. Yes, they're um, saying it is in their self-interest Yeah, right. to do so. This is how they're better off to have an aspirational city. Right. They're better off to have companies working together for the greater good. And because we take no fees, because right. we have no dues, and we have our own endowment, they're going ahead and feeling it's a safe place to come right. to accomplish the things that they want to do. And then they're encouraging their friends, their other companies, to do the same thing. And they're gathering the steam right. to go ahead and think about the greater good. The fact that a company's investment goes directly to the nonprofit of their choice is a really distinguishing characteristic. You're not taking, you know, an administrative fee off the top, and that that really allows the Satel Institute to stand out from others. Are there other distinguishing characteristics that well, come yeah, to mind? Yes, there are. But you've tapped into one that is. Yep. That 100% of the money goes to the cause, goes to the nonprofit of their choice. Right. Another distinguishing characteristic is the think tank. Right. That they're not only having do-gooders, but they're having great thought leadership yeah. around this and thought exchange. The third thing is the four-year commitment. Yeah. Giving money to a nonprofit for one year is a nice idea, but it can actually hurt them mm. because they get the money one year and they start a program, they don't have the funding for the next year. Right. Businesses can't get new customers every year. Right. They've got to have some continuity. Right. So we've insisted on that each company, when they do this, must make four-year contributions. So when the program gets started, they'll have some continuity and be able to continue with that. That has been a great boom because so often the nonprofit CEOs stay up at night wondering if the companies are going to renew. Right. And now they have four-year commitments. It all works for the greater good. It makes such great sense, Ed, and you know this from your successful career in business, that it's about relationships. And to have a relationship that goes beyond just this one-and-done kind of investment isn't as helpful as one that you can deepen the connection and really build a strategy around. Over well, a you've hit period. on another distinguishing factor of us, and that is we are a CEO organization. Hmm. Because the CEOs are the one person in the company that can make these decisions. Right. So they not only make these decisions to do it, but they get to know the CEO of the nonprofit. And they learn to work together and work together so everybody's self-interest is reached, all for the greater good. Take us back to how did you come up with this idea? Is this something you've always kind of embraced throughout your life and, and now you're at a point where you're putting it into motion? Or did you have one of these moments of – ah, this is what I want to do next. Well, no, it's been part of my business philosophy as time grew. When we were young and rather new in the publishing world, mm -hmm. I thought we needed to go ahead and attract great people, great writers, great publishers. I was not a great writer. I owned the company. I was the entrepreneur. I was the visionary for this publishing company. We had a lot of success. But I needed to go ahead and have great people join us. Mm. And I needed to have people move from other cities, from New York, from Atlanta, from Washington, from other cities. And I asked myself, why would they come here? Right. Why would they leave there? And I realized that the attraction of a city has to do with things that help their families, help their children, make it a, a quality of life kind of situation. So I joined the boards of nonprofits. I began to support them. 
And I did it in over time. I did it in a major way, mm. and I did it in a very quiet way. That gone ahead. That ended up with thirty-seven projects with twenty-two different institutions. Okay, and became very close with many of the people in the nonprofit community. I began to appreciate how terrific they were, and what great contributions they made. Right. And when I came time to think about retiring, I flunked retiring. Right. And I decided to go ahead and use my energies to go ahead and to build on this concept of the greater good of the nonprofits. So the benefits of business, the benefits of the community can belong to everyone. And we do need to improve the school systems. We do need to improve the quality of life. We do need opportunities. And it's nonprofits that lead the way for all those things happening. To hear how Ed became the successful entrepreneur he is today, head online to hear the full interview at 1210wpht.com slash select. Next, how one company has been growing and evolving over the past 100 years. Greater Philadelphia is one of the most accessible cities in the United States. With its prime location between New York City and Washington, D.C., we can travel between major East Coast cities. For more information on Philadelphia's accessibility, visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in every Friday morning at 5 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Wells Fargo, a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Wells Fargo is a diversified, community-based financial services company with a strong vision of satisfying the financial needs of their customers and helping them succeed financially. Wells Fargo provides banking, mortgage, investments, consumer, and commercial financial services. Learn more at wellsfargo.com or call 1-800-869-3557. Copyright 2018, Wells Fargo Bank N.A., all rights reserved, member FDIC. Drexel University was founded in 1891 and is one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu or call 215-895-2000. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by The Precisionists, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. The Precisionists is an IT and business services company that will create over 10,000 jobs for individuals with developmental disabilities like autism by the year 2025. Learn about us at theprecisionists.com. Stradley Ronin's more than 200 attorneys represent private and public companies in everything from sophisticated corporate transactions to complex litigation. Learn more about Stradley Ronin at stradley.com. Or call 215-564-8000. Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the people and projects that are transforming our collective community of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Come with me back to 1918. World War I ended, Congress enacted Daylight Savings Time, and a family-owned construction company known as P. Agnes was taking root in Philadelphia. For just over 100 years now, the team at P. Agnes has led the way in many facets of the construction industry across the region with a stellar reputation for top-notch quality workmanship and an expertise at managing especially difficult sites and projects, P. Agnes has evolved and thrived for generations. One of the many notable projects that has had a major impact and that goes well beyond the construction site is their work on the Philadelphia Ronald McDonald House. 
Here, third-generation leader of P. Agnes, Pat Pascarello III, shares more about this special undertaking. Well, we were selected to be the construction manager for their new um, addition to their facility on Chestnut Street, the first Ronald McDonald House. And it is an eight-story hotel-type facility that will house the families of children that are ill and, for the most part, at Children's Hospital Mm -hmm. or Will's Eye Hospital. Mm -hmm. And so, as I said, we were selected as CM, and that's how I became involved with Ronald McDonald House. And I was able to help them raise some money through the building trades who have made significant donations, the various trades have made significant donations to the cash donations Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, in-kind material or labor donations. And um, it's worked out real well so far. So I was was fortunate enough to be honored uh, last month by the house. Yeah, that's great. And I'm, I'm really glad. I want to pick up on a couple of those things. One is not many people know Ronald McDonald House. So I want, to, I want to focus on the fact that Philadelphia is known as a city and a region of firsts, first medical school, first hospital, first university. There's literally scores of these. And you referenced, and most people don't necessarily appreciate this, the first Ronald McDonald House in the country was established right here in Philadelphia in partnership with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Well, I don't know if it was partnership with Children's at the time. Okay. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, that's that's okay. Yes. It was actually on Penn's campus. The first house was in an old fraternity home, her house that they created and converted yeah converted yeah yeah and then they outgrew that facility and moved to where they are now on chestnut street right but i think there's like 300 houses in the world right right all starting from the work that occurred here in philadelphia it's really impressive and we as a community should be proud of that as as should you because the other thing i wanted to touch on was and this too sometimes gets taken for granted this spirit of collaboration and this spirit of wanting to help others you saw that firsthand you actually helped make that happen with the ronald mcdonald house project by rallying your peers in the construction industry to come together and say let's help out these folks they need our help and and we have the good fortune to be able to help them and and that's really impressive and they've responded i take my hat off to the building trades council they've been very cooperative in that regard and it's because of you pat they did you made the ask and and you saw the opportunity and they responded in part because of you and you should be proud of that it's easy to ask yeah sometimes it's hard to deliver left to right 45 up 20 and two and a quarter So it's not unusual to see the P. Agnes name affixed to construction sites across the Philadelphia region. And that's just the case on the corner of 7th and Market Streets, where the men and women of the P. Agnes team are hard at work revitalizing several floors of an office space as this commercial and business district, which is known as Market East, is transformed into a new live-work-play destination. With sparks flying as they cut and shape the metal framing for this new drywall installation, the P. Agnes crew is expertly bobbing and weaving around each other, never missing a beat in what appears to be an almost choreographed performance as they complete their highly skilled craft with ease and precision. 
I want to touch on just very briefly, it's going back into the construction space, and that is the diversity of our workforce, because I know it's a consistent challenge in a lot of different industries, but I would suggest it's probably a more concentrated challenge within the construction management field, and not just with gender, with all areas of diversity. And I know you and the team at P. Agnes have that top of mind, and it's something that you work towards every day to be more inclusive. Yeah, it's very important that we include folks in the community. And uh, I think it's really about education and educating young people. When I say young, I mean junior high school or middle school, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Or sooner about the opportunities in the construction business and the construction industry, be it design or construction. And I think there's a lot to offer in this industry. And that's the key, education. And awareness building. Yes. To your point, let these folks know, let these young kids know that there's a career to be had here. And uh, and a and a very um, rewarding one at that, you know. You're also living it in the sense that because I didn't, this wasn't lost on me, that your son and your daughter are both involved in the business today. And I don't know how unusual that is to have the daughters, the aunts, the nieces of family-owned businesses, especially in the construction world, to step up and get involved. Is that something that is surprising to you? It's not surprising. I have a number of friends that are my peers that have their daughters involved in the business. I also have friends that are women that own their own construction companies. So we're seeing it more and more, not only um, minority people, but also women, women-owned companies. So Excellent. more and more, which is good. It's good to, to have that. Yeah. For sure. We have a um, apprenticeship program where we actually bring kids, high school kids, and sometimes kids that have graduated from high school into the GBCA, and we give them training specifically in math. So, and math and also training for interviewing for a, a job. So they have that experience, but we teach them the math so that they can take the apprenticeship tests. And then once they pass the tests, they can be sponsored and be admitted into the unions. So that's something that we just in the last couple of years have developed with some other people, including University of Pennsylvania, who is very interested in developing the workforce, the construction workforce. The focus on that workforce development for young people in the construction space is so important. And that work that the GBCA is doing under your leadership as a volunteer with GBCA and as a member of GBCA and and others, that focus on the process, because what you were just describing is really a process around, you know, one, I got to know about the industry. Two, I have to have that skill set specific to math and other areas of, you know, technical expertise or at the very least engagement. And then you mentioned, you know, you got to, you got to hit a milestone, you got to qualify. And then once you qualify, then that's your step into an apprenticeship program and, and into a union. And that path is so important to have a navigator. And that's really what it sounds like the GBCA is providing that navigation for young people. Yeah. Guidance, guidance through the process so that they know what to do and how to do it. And then once they are admitted into the unions, they develop a skill, and then we have a reliable workforce in the industry. That's the concern that the workforce is shrinking. So we have the kids available. We just have to to educate them about the opportunities, and then we have to help them take advantage of the opportunity. To learn how the original founder, Pellegrino Agnes, started the company and created the successful business that P. Agnes is today, head online 
1210WPHT.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to the team at General Building Contractors Association, also known as GBCA. The expert construction professionals who are members of the GBCA are literally helping to build the future of Greater Philadelphia. Learn more about all that GBCA does to advance the commercial, industrial, and institutional construction industry by visiting gbca.com. An extra special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great marketing and creative services professionals at our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia and at Entercom. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to our growing Greater Philadelphia podcast anytime at 1210WPHT.com slash select. NBC 10 and Select Greater Philadelphia are proud to partner on the growing Greater Philadelphia television program. Watch stories of economic development and business success from across the 11 counties of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania at NBCPhiladelphia.com slash news slash growing Greater Philadelphia. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Temple University, a proud supporter of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. One in seven Philadelphians are Temple graduates. Learn more about Temple University at temple.edu. Liberty Property Trust, a national firm with Philadelphia roots, is one of the nation's largest commercial real estate companies, owning 100 million square feet of industrial and office space. Learn more about Liberty at libertyproperty.com. Blank Rome is an AmLaw 100 firm with 13 offices and more than 600 attorneys and principals who provide a full range of legal and advocacy services to clients. Learn more about Blank Rome LLP at blankrome.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by KPMG, a proud sponsor of the Select Greater Philadelphia Council. After opening its Philadelphia office in 1908, KPMG partners and professionals have enjoyed helping Philadelphia's business community grow and flourish for generations and kpmg looks forward to being a part of philadelphia's continued growth and prosperity learn more about kpmg and the firm's audit tax and advisory services at kpmg.com looking to rent a space without breaking the bank you're in the right place philadelphia has a lower cost of doing business than any other major u.s city including more favorable rental rates for retail office warehouse and industrial spaces For more information on Philadelphia's affordability, visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in every Friday morning at 5 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.